we are live episode number 11 of the Connor Chandler podcast. I'm super excited to have Shane here, who is the host of the Radical podcast and a former Marine and Libertarian candidate for governor of Georgia, which, uh, by the way, those debates with Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp were very hopeful for someone who has been a bit uh, pessimistic about politics in the United States. So thanks for taking some time to come on and chat with me today, Shane. Oh, man, Connor, it, it really, I, I can't tell you how pleased I am to be here. I mean, uh, I think we had started communicating, uh, you know, a little over a month ago or something, and then I found one of your articles, and I was like, damn, that's Connor Chepanick. And so <laughs> I knew we had already kind of uh, started looking at the books, and um, your, your article about Ayn Rand in this, uh, this space of Bitcoin, man, just spot on. You, you know, you got, you, got me right, you got me right from the beginning. I'm a fan. I'm hooked. Hey, well, I appreciate, I appreciate the kind words, words and uh, I'm, super I'm super blessed that I read Atlas Shrugged after, after I went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole because it was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty crazy, crazy to read that book with everything going on and just see the similarities between our current day-to-day world and, and what happened in that book. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 when, it, when it looks like smells or when it looks like fascism and it smells like fascism and uh, now it's starting to really be pretty fascist. I mean, I think we're I think we're there. I think uh, this moment in history, where you know the the whole John Galt society that is Bitcoin is building something better, and you can come with us or you don't have to. I think it's just a a, a beautiful way to segue into a a new dawn for our species. Honestly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Especially at a time where uh, you know you see people, people talk about natural, natural divorce, divorce and. and you see Biden getting up talking, talking about freedom and how we have, we have to, to defend, defend freedom, freedom in Ukraine. In Ukraine. And, and Thomas, Thomas Massey had a great tweet basically pointing out how this is Orwellian, Orwellian doublespeak. And I actually, and I actually just finished 1984, so that, that just hit a little extra, extra hard. hard. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it, it's, it's crazy, crazy to see people, people get up and talk about defending freedom in the past couple of years. We've seen anything but freedom. We've just seen tyranny. And I think the American people are sick of it. And one thing I wanted to ask you about is... I have, I have nothing but the utmost, utmost respect, respect for, for the veterans, veterans who defend the Constitution, the freedoms here in America. America. But, but you know, one you thing that, that really, really stood out to me on the podcast, podcast you said is that after you're no longer an asset for the U.S. military, military you, uh, the U.S. treats treat you a lot differently. And, and, and I'd love to kind of hear on your journey. What, what, when did you realize that it was? We were fighting more to defend our kleptocracy, our hegemony, rather than the actual freedoms that our citizens have because of the Constitution. Yeah, so there, there was actually a defining moment um, in Najaf. It was 2004, August. We had just taken over uh, for the Army and the Spanish that had been there prior to us. It was my second tour already um, in early 2004. Uh, so we got over there, and we picked a fight with this guy named Muqtada al-Sadr, who was a Shiite of all people. And I, for people that don't remember or don't know the history of you know the Iraq War. We were actually there to help the Shiites. We, we that was what we were told we were going in to do. We were going in to help the the Shiites, and it, it seemed funny to me that all of a sudden we're we're picking a battle with this guy. Uh, you know what they called a radical cleric, and you know a cleric from you know that had Iranian ties at that. So um, this this battle ensued, and it was August in in Iraq. So I can, you can imagine how dirty and nasty and god awful it is to fight in. Uh, in the first place, and then to have to fight through graveyards and catacombs and the rest of that crap, and see, you know, young men um, that are, you know, being hurt, uh, being killed, you know, all of the, all of this stuff. Uh, a lot of times, you know, for the first time for a lot of guys, 
And then you get to the point where we had them surrounded in the second holiest uh, site of Islam called the Imam Ali Shrine. And, you know, we're tasked with making sure that um, we have air power and air assets, uh, air assets on station. And we were going to level the Imam Ali Shrine. We were, like, we were going to get rid of it. We had all the guys in there. Um, and Muqtada al-Sadr, uh, lucky day for him. He and the Grand Ayatollah Sistani brokered some kind of peace deal with some bureaucrats out of D.C., and we had this—we got a stand-down order. We had to literally watch those dudes walk out that we had been fighting for the past, like, I don't know, three, four weeks um, under a white flag, and we couldn't do anything about it. So I was like, are, are we really here to destroy the threat that is, you know, Al-Qaeda and all that crap, which obviously Al-Qaeda— wasn't ever in Iraq um, to begin with. And so you start to, you know, see some disconnect from what you're being told is happening, um, what the American media is reporting is going on versus what you see on the ground, you know, because I was, I was in Marine uh, Force Reconnaissance, and at the time that was a premier special operations uh, for the Marine Corps. So you, you are the intelligence arm, up close and personal, and when the news is reporting things that never, ever happen because you're the source of the intelligence to begin with or the after actions, boy, things start to really crumble very quickly. And so I think that was the first moment I realized. I was like, ooh, and uh, I don't think we're here for the right reasons. I haven't quite put my finger on that, the, you know, the whole thing. That came later, but yeah, that was that was the first moment where I was just like, yeah, we're not here for freedom. That's for damn sure. It's so it's crazy, crazy to hear that because in 1984, 1984 uh, Oceania is, is either at war with Eurasia, or whatever, and it switches, and it switches throughout, throughout the book, the book and, and it's kind of like what's happening in real life. And you know, as a kid, I remember hearing how bad Gaddafi is, and I just remember that video of him being decapitated, and it was like a big success in the states, and then. I'm not, I'm not saying he's saying a good guy, guy. I don't know enough, enough about, about it, it. But, you know, but, you, you see, see Twitter, Twitter thread about how, how he wanted to basically bring, bring a gold-backed currency to Africa and create kind of like an like EU in Africa, Africa and have one currency. And then, and then after learning what you learned going on the Bitcoin rabbit hole, it's like, was, was it really because Gaddafi was a bad guy? Or did they just want to make sure that the dollar was the currency he's there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very hard to traffic arms into places like Syria via, you know, places like... Uh, Libya, if you don't have, you know, control of the puppet who's in charge there. And so, um, you know, the only way you're going to have control of that puppet is to make sure that you've got some sort of you know, tie into them through the fiat, you know, banks that, uh, that, you know, are in, and boy, yeah, as soon as that guy said, yeah, gold, uh, he sealed his fate, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, you look at, was he a great guy? Probably not. Most heads of state are not. Um, but, yeah, I'll tell you right now, a guy that wanted to move Africa, Libya, the northern horn of Africa, that, you know, um, to a gold standard isn't all bad. I mean, Jesus, if, if somebody said right now, hey, we're, we're moving to a gold standard again here in the United States, I would be like, well, that's better. But, you know, that's, that's better than what we have now. And at least if gold can be decentralized, uh, we've got a really good chance at making some pretty good strides as far as the free market is concerned because it's very hard to police gold transactions and there's a what the the, the book the 5000 year leap back in the day where they talked about you know this huge thing that happens in America because you know of the constitution when it couldn't be further from that it was uh the idea that we were trading gold and silver 
to each other in a decentralized fashion uh, where government didn't have any control over it. So, yeah, that that scene with Gaddafi, uh, you know, that kind of that, that was I think a lot of people saw that and went, oh, that's very interesting. We're killing people because of gold standard now. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And now and that now we're, we're off of gold, gold standard, we get taxed tax twice. You know, America, America came to be a nation because, because we, were we were tired of no taxation without representation. representation. And now, and now not only do we, we get taxed tax via income tax and sales tax and all these, you know, if you die or if you leave the state, they tax. Then also the inflation. So they don't even, you know, with like war in Ukraine now, in the billions we're sitting there, we don't have to actually raise that in taxes. We can just print that money and ship it over. Uh, uh, as, as much as, as we, we want, want. and yeah. we, we, we bear the grunt of it, obviously, obviously but, but we're getting, getting taxed multiple, multiple times the inflation, inflation and then all these all other taxes, taxes that, that we have to, we deal, have to with. deal with. Yeah, the, uh, the taxation, you know, they'll tax your income, and then they'll tax you when you spend your income, and then you'll get taxed again on what you bought, you know, with your income, if it's especially if it's a vehicle or something. And then if you sell it to somebody... You get taxed again for that, and then they get taxed again for that, and then they get taxed again uh, every year for that. And you're just like, it, it's it's insanity. It, it's it, There's no other word for it than insanity. And the only way they get away with things like this is because they control the, you know, what a lot of Americans call public schools. I don't call them that because I'd like to use, you know, a lot more accurate language. I call them, you know, youth uh, government indoctrination camps. And that's really what they are. And they grab you at five years old and they fill your head full of just, you know, government nonsense, you know, just just like 1984 uh, until you're 18 years old. Maybe you go on to, to, to higher indoctrination. Maybe you go on to military indoctrination. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they've got the, you know, the, the media doing indoctrination even after that. And, you know, it's it's not like it's just kind of like this softball indoctrination either. Like what they're using is literally like weapons grade psychological warfare on the American public. And, you know, having seen psychological warfare up front, and, you know, and, and very personal, uh, you know, before Fallujah and before Najaf, you know, to see what the army does uh, in, in those respects. Like I can literally sit here and tell anybody and everybody very honestly, like what you get over and over and over in a 24-7, 365 news cycle is nothing but fear because fear is the great motivator, the fight-or-flight mechanism that propels people to either save their ass or to get down and get busy. And, uh, you know, for the life of me, it's, it's that I think that's one of the biggest problems in America right now, and I don't understand why a lot of the people like the Republicans, um, you know, who are hell-bent, right now on you know school choice and all that is like hey why aren't you against property tax why aren't you just you know why can't you guys get together and do something where you're 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 combining your forces and telling your local sheriff like look we're done paying for these institutions that indoctrinate our kids and make society worse generation after generation after generation like let's keep our money and let's fund something here locally uh, that isn't controlled by the not not only not the feds but not even the state. Like let's let's teach our kids about our own industry here. Yeah, that's yeah, such that's a, good, such point. a good point. I love, I the, love idea the idea how powerful, powerful language, language is. is. You know, I, you know, think, I think if they, they called call inflation, inflation currency debasement, or if they, they called call abortion, abortion child, child murder, regardless, regardless of whatever, of whatever your, opinion your opinion is, is. right? That's, that's what, what it is. is. And to call it that, it's a lot harder to obfuscate it or make it seem like it's not such a bad thing. But all of these things, what we refer to it as, is super important and. You know, I just, you know, had, I just a, had a, a, a like a brand, brand new born, and, and I'm thinking, thinking 
Great to see you, man. Thank, thank, thank you so, so much. much. It's, it's, it's been, been so, so surreal. surreal. And, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm super excited about it. I'm, 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 like, I'm, I'm afraid to put her in a public school and put her in the system, let her get indoctrinated. And I'd love to hear your experience with homeschooling and... When, when, I, mean, I mean, I, I, went, I to went to public, public school and private school, school and, and looking, looking back, back, I definitely think, think there was some indoctrination, but it, but it was also good being able to, to um, socialize, and, and I, a, lot a lot of my, my best, best friends in life were from those times, so I'd love to hear kind of your experience and how you make sure your kids also get that social connection, that's the biggest thing I hear when I'm going to say, I'm going to homeschool, my kids are like, well, what about the... There's social, social connections. connections. Yeah, I, so I was a public school kid too, right? And so, um, you know, I guess the first thing about public school I think you need to understand is, you know, the people that are teaching you, especially like your, your grade school, like they're super nice people. Like they're good, upstanding people in your community. So it's not that you are, you know, anti those people, right? Like those people are good people. But the problem is, is they've also been indoctrinated. <laughs> so that they don't even see that they're carrying out the state indoctrination. Um, and, 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 you know, I think you kind of have to lead with that empathy. You know, my, my wife was a, you know, a school teacher by trade before we had kids. Um, and to, to say I didn't have a, a great time in school um, it would, be, would be really kind of silly. You know, there are, there are ups and downs, but that's just life in general. Um, and when... You, you start to see behind the curtain as I did, uh, especially, you know, with the Marine Corps, like I, I don't think I would have ever gone to the Marine Corps had it not been for government indoctrination in the first place. So th there's that side of the homeschool. Um, we made the decision uh, shortly after we had our first child that she was never, never going to go back uh, to teaching. And that was scary, man. And I'll tell you, if you're out there and you're thinking about this kind of stuff and it scares you to go to a, a single salary, you know, inside the house um, or take a cut where she's, you know, doing something uh, virtual from home to make, you know, some extra money here and there. Um, I, I understand that. Um, I will tell you that when I was given the sole responsibility to be the breadwinner, it really freed me. Um, it freed me to be like, hey, listen, if this is my job, I got to go. I got to, there are times where I'm going to be on travel. I'm going to be away, you know, possibly weeks at a time. Uh, but it allowed me to be, you know, much more uh, present in what I was doing for that instead of having to worry about the kids and if they were fed, if they were getting picked up, if they were in good hands or, you know, a new babysitter or whatever the case was. Like I had all that built in. Uh, in a really good way. So it actually propelled me even further in my career, uh, you know, where I, you know, I really, really excelled. So uh, the homeschooling part, though, um, you know, you don't, you allow kids to develop a passion with this. And, you know, we've been doing it all along. My oldest is 11 now. So we've been doing this since he was about three and a half. And, you know, you start to see the passions come out and you give them time to foster them and you give them techniques and you give them technology say, hey, man, if this is your passion, how, do you, how are you going to make money with this, right? I'm not going to sit there and tell you you can't make money with video games. That's silly. It's like a damn 100-something billion-dollar industry. Of course you can make money with this. But how are you going to fit into this? So you start to feed passion for kids, but the, um, you know, and he's got two siblings, so they all get along great. And it's actually, you know, it's, it's a really, it's a neat experiment that we're carrying out here, homesteading and homeschooling. Um, and so... On the social side, 
you know, I, as soon as they were able to learn in, you know, in homeschool, I put them in jujitsu as well. So nice. yeah, you know, it's one of those things where social being social is one of those things that I look at as kind of a responsibility, not only to them, but to society. And it's, it's a lot like Jordan Peterson talks about, you know, it's, you know, a weak man is not a, necessarily a good man. You know, if, if you don't have the capability to defend yourself, if you don't have the capability uh, to possibly hurt people, then it doesn't mean you're a good man. It means you're harmless. And the, the good man is the man that has mastered his mind and his body and could quite literally take the breath right out of you or break every damn limb in your body before you even knew what happened that shows restraint and wants nothing but peace. And so those those are, you know, the kind of, you know, social skills that we are instilling through, you know, homeschool and everything else out here. And it's, it's just, I mean, it's beautiful to watch, especially when your youngest is a little girl and she is a just, she's a maniac on the mat and she's still, you know, a little girl that loves to see like, you know, dancing with the stars or something like that. You know, she's a perfect mix of, you know, kick ass and, and, and girly girl all at the same time. But they're going to go out, and I think they're going to be, you know, really good additions to society. I'm, I'm looking to subvert some, you know, a, a lot of what the public school is doing. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. It's, it's, funny it's funny you say, say that because when I think back, back on, on my schooling, my schooling it, was it was all the sports, sports moments. moments. You know, I played football, I wrestled, played some, played some lacrosse, and, and all of the good, good memories I have come, come from whether it be on the wrestling mat or on the field. It's not like I'm thinking like, oh, when I was in the classroom track. It's like all those memories are whether I was at an athletic event or going through practice, and it's tough, but, you know, making those connections and it was suffering together right like Mm -hmm. and that was the thing is you were suffering with other other guys maybe other girls i don't know but you know if when you suffer with people and you do life and you you know that part is one of those things that you can't fake and you can't you can't get around and it's it's something that you're invested in and it's it is that is the best part of you know high school or maybe middle school if you were athletically inclined then is you know, to, to get together in a team with a bunch of other guys and go give it everything you got. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and on the and other, other point, point too, too, like, like letting, letting a, kid a kid find what they're passionate about and just, and just explore that, that. That's, that's a beautiful thing. thing. And, uh, and uh, not, like, like you said, you said all, all, all the school teachers, teachers I think there's a lot of really genuinely great people. But when you have a classroom of 20 to 30 kids and they all have different passions and interests, it's nearly impossible to let them foster that and, you know, let it flourish or grow and when you're homeschooling, that's not the case. You can actually let them focus on that. And, you know, as I'm sure, you know, I bet you had a similar experience. Going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, it was like the most fun I ever had learning because I saw how it impacted the world and it was something I wanted to learn for my own sake. And it was like, uh, I always joke, you know, in a death spiral, it's just, it, things get worse and worse because I got to print more money and the deck gets bigger. But with Bitcoin, it's like this positive learning spiral where you learn one thing, you want to learn something else. And you just, at the end of it, you know, you're talking about finance and computer science and politics and you have a whole new perspective on all these topics that you had no interest in before going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, um, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm obviously still a student in, a, in a, so many ways. I think we're going to be perpetual students now, which really, Definitely. you know, if you look at culture, that was that was something that, you know, neuroplasticity had stopped with a lot of the other generations where they just kind of get on Fox News or CNN or whatever the hell it was. And they're like, oh, I'm going to regurgitate some talking points. And you're like, what, what is that based in? It's based in it's based in absolute propaganda, but. You know, to your point is like my kids, 
um, especially my oldest and my middle, have been you know really interested in economics uh, since they were I don't know seven or eight, like oddly interested in economics. So to to help them understand Bitcoin, we were talking about this while I was cleaning out my shop earlier today. Um, you know the, the the decentralization and update of technology that is money, right? To 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 put in a new communications protocol for Bitcoin. Uh, that is not inflationary because I, I think TVs came up. He was talking about how damn heavy one of the TVs was in the basement. It was like a plasma <laughs> TV from like, I don't know, 2007, 2008 or something like that. He's like, man, TVs have come a long way. And I was like, yeah, you know what's crazy is they don't cost anymore. Maybe they even cost less for better technology that's lighter, easier to move, does mo more things. And he's like, that's crazy. And I was like, that's Bitcoin too. And so we started talking about how you know bitcoin was deflationary currency that matches deflationary technology you know and it is deflationary technology at the same time he's just like man we really need to hurry this whole thing up so <laughs> 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 yeah son uh, we're trying man <laughs> no and then in your point about uh, uh, people, people who watch, watch fox or cnn, CNN. you know i think of my grandma and she lives in Accra, georgia right you know right north of atlanta and, and, and her, her and her, her, her love my grandparents, grandparents and, and, they're, and they're, they lean very, very right. right. And, it's and it's so funny, so funny because her sister, sister is like the exact clone of my grandma, grandma a little bit younger, younger but she was important in Oregon and she watches CNN, CNN all day. All day. And obviously and they obviously love they each other to death. death. But I mean, I mean, it's, it's like, like they're, 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 they're speaking, speaking different languages when they talk to each other. And to your point, it's like, it's like these mainstream media outlets are running a psychological operation on the majority of people in Decentralization is so important, and I'm curious your thoughts on social media and how things like Substack and it's yet to see, but it seems like Twitter is leaning now with Musk purchasing it and the Twitter files a little more free speech, and then Noster too is another protocol coming up. I'm curious, do you think these social media platforms are kind of breaking these psychological operations? Obviously, some people are a bit too far gone, but do you think it's helping decentralize it? I gotta say, you know, I'm not. I'm not quite, I, I don't trust Elon yet. Like, I'm not there. Um, some good things have come about, and obviously credit where it's due. I mean, what, what we're getting flooded with right now um, is, is groundbreaking. I mean, it's, it's what we've, all the guys that were, you know, theorists have now become, you know, conspiracy forecasters. Oh, yeah. um, the fact it's not a mainstream media is just very telling. Mind -boggling. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you see very well what is and what isn't. And then you also kind of have to give it this, the skeptical side, too, is like, well, is the release of all of this through this one channel meant for destabilization? Is it, is it meant to do exactly what it's doing? And so <laughs> um, I think we have to be smart about this and ask those questions. But I do, I, I'll tell you what, between Keat, um, between slash tags uh, coming out, uh, you know, Oster, you know, I, I just opened my account over there, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, God, I'm going to have to go learn another damn platform. <laughs> 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 um, but I'm excited about it because if you, you know, if you have the keys to your account and you can take all of your content with your, you know, your, your private and your public keys and just move it, it's just like, oh, geez, this kind of solves the whole dilemma on, you know, what's going to happen. And that means for us that, you know, the free speech factor, the communication piece now also opens up it's it's like we're shifting the human species into this place that they cannot stop now 
you know, is this free back and forth, this free market, free speech, you know, money that is, you know, real freedom money versus a CBDC. So it's, it's like when, I don't know, I just see that everything that they kind of brought us into with this dangling carrot, like, oh, come over to Facebook, oh, come over to Twitter, come over to Instagram, um, and YouTube especially. Man, screw those guys. Uh, but the the idea that they were they took us, they used us to absolutely get as fat and happy as possible, uh, and then sold everybody down the river uh, in, in literal in a literal genocide. And I think that's very important. Is you know a literal genocide has occurred, and they silenced people that were trying to help other people during the worst time in you know our history and you know in our our young lives anyway um and to to understand that this generation is answering you know this bitcoin generation that is absolutely blowing the doors off of these you know very senile just awful the worst you know people on earth you know that we're you know, human skin on their, their, their lizard bodies is just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty happy about what's happening. And I honestly, I, I think we're to that point now that, uh, I really, I'm more hopeful than I am, you know, skeptical of the human species, you know, making, make, making a better uh, headwind now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. The more, the more time, time you spend in fiat, it's just nihilism. It's just like, this is all pointless. This sucks. The more time you spend in Bitcoin, you become an optimist, you become hopeful. And I think the first centralized centralized platform platform that I saw saw that was letting people people speak up and letting letting citizen journal flourish with Substack. And Mm -hmm. I really appreciate what they've done and people like Robert Malone Malone have been able to sell, uh, uh, even though he got the platform from Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, he was still able to sell his, you know, if people wanted to subscribe. But even more powerful is like, you know, $7 a month. It's not insane, but, you know, it's or whatever. It's like a fair chunk of money. But on, but platforms, on platforms like, like Noster, someone, someone makes make one good post, post you can sap one, one Satoshi. Satoshi. And at this yeah. point in time, one Satoshi is no, nothing. nothing. So, so if enough, enough people, people do that, do that the, the friction becomes, becomes so minimal, minimal that, people that people can make, can make a, living a living for themselves. For themselves. And, uh, and, and, and Substack, Substack is a little harder just because, you know, $7 a month, you have to make a conscious decision. But a stream one sat, it's like with a click of a button, whatever, 10 sats, 100 sats. You just do that automatically. So this whole value for value model not only, not only is, it is it better, better for, the for the creator, creator but, then but then on your, your feed, feed, you get you to get decide. decide. It's, it's not influenced by an algorithm or advertisers who are paying to be on this. this. Just the just incentives at every single level of this thing are so much better than uh, the, the, the legacy, legacy system. system. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, it's, it's exciting time. Like, I'm, I'm very excited about the, the notion that within the next 10 years, like we're going to be looking back at this time going, Oh yeah, you remember when we were doing this? Or you remember when we were doing that? Like yeah, I mean like it's gonna be it's gonna be the, the MySpace moment, right? Is like MySpace was a thing and then it wasn't anymore. And I'll tell you this they're getting past so fast and that's when whenever you introduce a new technology um, that is revolutionary, that's bedrocked, you know, in, in terms of built from the ground up and isn't using uh, an older system, you know, it's just like, oh, we're not asking permission. We're just going to go over here and do this new thing. Uh, and by the way, you're, you're welcome to come with us. Like, that's a very hard enemy to beat. Like, it's, it's also very hard to stigmatize those type of people that are, you know, building from scratch and building in the face of overwhelming odds. It's like, well, no, they, they did it. You know, it's, it's just like, 
uh, Netflix and Blockbuster. I mean, it, it's a it's game, set, match. We're in that point right now where Blockbuster should have gone, oh, yeah, let's go this route. Let's not do these brick and mortars anymore. Let's let's go into the streaming service. Um, and that's that's where, you know, I think Meta, I think YouTube, and I think the rest of these guys are just going to find themselves um, with an empty house very, very soon. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, even higher up in that, like on a sovereign level, if enough, enough people, people join in, they become so expensive to tyranny that they can either join us or just become completely irrelevant. And I think the U.S. is in such a peculiar spot because on the one hand, they don't want to lose their dollar hegemony. But also, they embrace Bitcoin. They could make this nation last a lot longer. You know, I don't know if it's going to go on for 10, 50, 100. I doubt a thousand years. Did you see the other day where Marjorie Taylor Greene, the representative from Georgia, was just like, yeah, we should have a national divorce? I did, and then I saw an article today talking about, like, this is becoming like a pretty serious discussion that keeps getting floated. And, uh, and uh, I, I have, have no, no idea how it would play out, but I like, like the, the idea that, that we kind of decentralized. decentralized. Yeah. You know, I might have to get on a Massachusetts if this goes through. I'm not, not trying, trying to be on, on the, uh, the, uh, the wrong side, side but, but I, I, I do think it would be great to break up the federal government because and give the states more powers because it seems like the ones who are abusing most of their power seem to be the feds, not so much the states. Yeah, I mean, the state... Uh, let me let me tell you from a guy that's run for governor uh, and and Senate and the rest of these these offices, it's funny the amount of injustice and the amount of good old boying and the you know the um, just kind of the, the schmoozery uh, and, and like there's a, there's plenty of things going on. It's just scale, right? It's like mm-hmm. what scale are they doing this at? It's, it's, very, it's pretty hard to top a genocidal maniac, um, you know, <laughs> at, at, the, at the at the highest level. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's there's plenty to work on in our states. And if you know, if we hit the states, great. We've got the ball rolling. DCs are relevant, which I feel like they are getting to that point. I feel like more and more people. Um, I mean, when you've got Republicans, especially talking about, hey, we've got to get rid of. Uh, the ATF, we need to get rid of the CIA, we need to get rid of the FBI, you know, all these alphabet boys that they're starting to go, yeah, you know what, these guys are not on our side. Um, yeah, I think, you know, D.C. becomes less and less important. And that, that'd be the best possible way this goes is as people flee from the dollar and they get into Bitcoin, you know, and if they want to go gold or silver, you know, I, I, I understand, like, that's just kind of one of those leftover uh, mechanisms that's in the back of their brain, but uh, you know this this moment where DC kind of just is like, well, listen to me, and everybody's like, no, I don't think we will anymore. It's going to be a great moment. Huddled up and they're talking, and then uh, someone's yelling in the corner, and they give them a thumbs up, and they go back to their huddle talking. Yeah, so good. And it's coming. I mean, I feel like it's happening now. Biden's irrelevant. Kamala Harris. Oh God, that lady. She's definitely. I mean, she's she had one job at the border, and you know, obviously hasn't done anything down there. It's just these people have have gotten to the point where not only are they irrelevant, but everybody sees that they're actually working against the common man. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, my you know, point with social, social media, media, it's like, like I, I, think I think it's, it's definitely, definitely been more effective for capturing, capturing some people. people. But, but if, if you, you aren't are completely, completely asleep, asleep at, the at the wheel, wheel I, mean, I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, embarrassing the world leaders of the G seven. These people. 
could he try, try to give less of a shit about, about the common, common man, man and, and show it? Yeah. And, you know, it's as sad as some people still think these people are the saviors. It's like so apparent, and it's good that more people are waking up and just seeing that. We have people who would rather risk nuclear war and destroy the world. Then talk, talk at the, at the table. table. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. Well, and, and, and you know, I mean, we all know why, right? Is like if they don't spend more money faster, then the economy crashes. And mm-hmm. man, God, I was listening to I think this lady Lynn something today. Who she's well, been in like finance for? Uh, no, no, she's been in like finance for. She's a gold bug, uh, mm-hmm. but she she says everything that we're saying. You know, we're at the, we're at the end of the dollar life cycle. The, the fiat is done. The inflation, um, you know, they can't they can't raise rates or it kills the economy. They can't lower rates or inflation runs wild and it kills the economy. So you, they're in a catch twenty two right now, and you know that's I think that's the most beautiful thing to see is like, well, I think they're going to let this happen, and at the same time, I don't think it's on their schedule. I think it was 2030 that was their schedule, and if this yeah. is happening now in 2023, seven years. To put it in perspective, you know, it, the internet really didn't go from being, you know, anything. I believe it was like 1995, 1994 when I first saw like AOL. Um, you know, extremely slow. You'd wait forever to like pull up a picture of, you know, Jenny McCarthy naked or something like that, and you just <laughs> like, you know, it was, it wasn't exactly, um, you know. A, a real usable product but i mean seriously from 1995 to 2015 i think we you know hit something within about 20 years and bitcoin we're at year 14 and it's growing faster than the internet by multiples now and so when we start to understand you know if this is not only you know quadratic but like we're going to see this blast off moment. I think it's going to be later in 2023. I don't think, I don't think, you know, at this point, uh, the dollar is going to survive. And with, you know, everything that's going on, going into another election year and all that kind of crap, like I think we're there. And the only thing that's holding up that dollar now is, you know, just sentiment. It's, it, there's nothing, nothing else there. Yeah. To yeah, your to point, point, it's like this, this idea, idea of GDP, GDP is insane. insane. It, it, like, that, that, that's, that's the, uh, uh metric at which we measure how our, Economy is doing, especially, especially when, when war spending, spending and government spending, spending and all that factors into GDP. So I mean, it's kind of an insane metric, and it's so hopeful to see Bitcoin, Bitcoin just exponentially growing because I think it will make these kleptocrats irrelevant. And, and yeah. I'm curious, uh, uh, like seeing you talk to the libertarian and just expose Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp was very encouraging. But I think, but I think the, the biggest knack the Libertarian Party gets, gets depending, depending on if you're, 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 you know, if you're being super right or super right left, is like, like, oh, they're, they're just pulling, pulling away votes from my side. side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people, people are tired of this two-party two system. system. It's, it's not, not representative. representative. Um, um, but, I'm but I'm curious what your thoughts on our Libertarians running as Republicans and people who kind of come to mind when I get to be like a Rand Paul or a Thomas Massey or... You know, when I hear those like two speak, for example, they don't seem like Republicans. Not even like... Even, Even some, some Republicans, Republicans who aren't rhinos, I, 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 don't I don't necessarily agree, agree with what, but like when I hear Thomas Massey and Rand Paul speak just about freedom and liberty, it's, it's very it's encouraging. encouraging. Um, and, and, and I, yeah. I, so Thomas Massey and Rand Paul, they're, they're both, you know, friends of mine. And, you know, I've had uh, Rand on the show and I hated doing it to him. Uh, but 
you know, it, it was one of those things where you kind of put him through the Socratic method and he hangs himself and, you know, on live, you know, on a live podcast. And it was, it, it was hard being in the chair, watching well, somebody. Doing it. Well, you know, tough because I like Rand, you know, I, I, I do. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Rand is you know probably the best damn Senator we have. Mike Lee is, you know, good close second, I guess, but, you know, Thomas Massey is one of those guys, you know, I've actually gone to visit, uh, it, you know, in, in his office up there and had some conversations with him. And I know, like, Matt Gertler, who is his chief of staff, is a good friend of mine. Um, they're Republicans. And I, and I will say, like, they are literally the Republicans. And, and they are, you know, more on the liberty side of re- being Republicans. Um, but they are they are far from being libertarians. And, and I don't mean that as, you know, a knock or anything else. Um, you know, I think... For, for libertarians in the path forward, you know, the, the incentive structure doesn't work. And the end, incentive structure doesn't work for, um, you know, even liberty to Republicans that well either because at the, at the end of the day, uh, Republicans will, you know, bitch about government and Democrats will bitch about companies. But at the end of the day, it's banks, <laughs> right? Like at the, it, 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 it's, it's, it's the, the money. money. It's the banks. So your incentive structure, uh, people used to say that, you know, debt was what killed nations, but it's, it's not. Um, fiat is the cancer that causes debt, right? So we have to get down to the root. If you're closer to the printing press and you're willing to take votes that will, you know, further the agenda of the banks or of the people who are aligned with the banks, then what you get is money. You get support. You get – we have a perverse incentive structure and that's why you have a House of Representatives and a Senate and a you know bunch of judges and uh, a president and bureaucrats that are all just absolutely uh, anti you know anti humanity at this point. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of hope in the you know in the quote unquote democratic process. Um, I also like to you know help people understand that when you look at you know the voting populace, like sixty percent of the voting populace doesn't vote for Democrats or Republicans on you know any given state or local election. Maybe in a, in a general election you'll get over fifty percent of the population that votes, but for the most part you've got twenty percent of the nation that's Democrats and you got twenty percent of the nation that's Republicans or at least holds their nose and votes for one of those parties. And at the end of the day, those are the people who are in power. You have people that are 20% of the nation telling everybody else what the laws are going to be, what you can and can't do, and none of those things ever, ever come off the books. It's, it's, it's a weird place to be. I mean, it's, it, not only is it fascist, you know, or you know, we've got an oligarchy or whatever, but you've got rule by minority in this country, and it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it is nuts, and then people, people get, get separated, separated nuts. I get in, in um, just my own life, life. It's, it's, hard, it's hard, like, do, like, do I, I spend any time in politics, or I just, just focus completely on Bitcoin? And, and, like, like I said, seeing, seeing you on stage, stage just tearing, you know, Brian Abrams, or Brian a new one, it's like, you know, it sparks a fire, you're like, hell yeah. But then also, I know that you just, the amount of libertarians that get elected is obviously... Like, no, it's, it's not it's not zero, but it's not a lot. I mean, it is minuscule. And so I have actually got to go give a speech uh, here in a couple weekends up in Pennsylvania at the Libertarian Party. And that's one again. I love libertarians. I love the ethos. I love the principles. Uh, but we don't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning real offices and doing it this way. But you know what does have a chance? <laughs> Bitcoin. 
Bitcoin yes. is is your vehicle, and that's the thing is like um, there's this uh, Mises caucus in the Libertarian Party that is the Ron Paul part of the Libertarian Party, and they took over uh, last May April time frame. Um, they took over the Libertarian Party. That's why you've seen such a different side of you know like this. These are the fighters. These are the guys that got amped up in 2008 and 2012 and are out fighting but the thing is is they're still fighting in, in a stacked system that's you know incentivized for their opponents so it's like all right guys we can put a lot of time and effort into going out there and giving brian kemp and stacey abrams a black eye on national tv and not really getting shit out of it or you know we can go out and evangelize bitcoin and share our truth you know our stories and all that kind of stuff with people and help them understand like hey man you got money in the bank you might want to learn something about what's going to happen to that stuff when if if we're right i'm not saying go take all of your money out of your 401k and everything else and put it in bitcoin what i'm telling everybody is go learn go study maybe talk to guys that are actually pro bitcoin instead of some you know mouthpiece at cnn or in nbc or fox or whatever yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I mean, that, I mean point that point right, right there. there. We, we fix, fix the money. The if the state, state can't, can't print money out of thin air to send to Ukraine, Ukraine. if they can't print money out of thin air to fund whatever war they want, if they can't print money to donate to whatever political campaign they want so we can get ruled by minority, then they'll starve. They won't be able to fill out their agenda. And that's why Bitcoin... It, it's, it's such a such paradox, a paradox but I think but most people come to Bitcoin, Bitcoin because, because the number, the number go, up, go up, the fact that, like, ooh, this, 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 could, this could be a good investment. investment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then you get farther down, down the rabbit hole, hole and you're like, like this, this is moral money. money. This, this is, is like, like a divine, like, I don't want to say, it's not the second coming of Christ, but in the way the Bible is a source of truth for 5,000 years or however long, it's like, this, this is just, just a truthful, truthful ledger. ledger. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what, what money is. It's, it's a ledger. ledger in essence. The U.S. dollar at this point is a server at the Fed held on a SQL database where Jerome Powell clicks a few keys or whoever the IT guy is, and boom, trillions printed. Now we're paying over eight hundred billion for interest on the debt, right? To your point. To your point, though, you know, divinely inspired money is something. Golly, I just did an article uh, from uh, Bitcoin News the other day. Uh, I think it I was read that for a great article. article. Great Morris, article. right? Like, um, yes. And he's done a great job uh, kind of explaining, like, yeah, this is uh, a, a divine money. Now, I'm not religious, but I will tell you, I honestly, like, I've seen behind the curtain thanks to psilocybin. And, and like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody, hey, psilocybin is for you psilocybin is not for most people psilocybin maybe in some small doses can do some things for you but if you're one of those people that has you know kind of control over your own oodle loop and has a strong mind and a warrior spirit um you know if you can find a shaman that can walk you through something like this uh, i i had in the past and then i finally you know had the you know the audacity to go and take you know about seven and a half grams and you know that's it's a good bit. Uh, go out in in the very early morning and sit in the forest out here. You know, two thousand acres. There's black bear and everything else out here, and and really uh, have a real spiritual conversation with you know the universe. And you know, it's I don't know. I used to be a Christian. Like I get like the whole thing, and but I do think that this you know you say the second coming of Christ. The one thing that I was left with out of that whole 
piece, you know, is like I wanted to be able to show people the beauty. I wanted to be able to show people uh, the, the the spiritual, you know, trip that you take in doing something like this. But that wasn't what I was left with. I was with left with you have to leave here and you have to love people. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to show them something new. You're going to show them some code. And that, you know, that to me made perfect sense because I was like, yeah, you know what? This is love in code because it it is literally rules that force us, if we're in the system, to give the people that we transact with, the people that we come in contact with every day, the minimum amount of love to leave them alone. If we're, if we're not going to agree on a trade, like we can just love them enough to be like, hey, you know what? Sorry, it didn't work out, man. Peace be with you and go on your way. The government can't take their money. Uh, you know, like th- this is this is such a beautiful piece of technology that I think it is maybe 100% div- divinely inspired. I, that's the way I see it anyway. No, it's such a beautiful, no, such point. A beautiful uh, point. I heard uh, Max Kaiser say, and I have quote, which was, which was like, like, the money the is money enough is when enough people, people don't steal. steal. And I was and listening I was to a blue, blue, blue collar Bitcoin, Bitcoin podcast, and, and I, I, didn't I didn't realize, but, but in the Bible, Bible, I guess they, they brought, brought up that it says money is the root of all evil. So it's kind of ironic that, you know, a lot of people think of Bitcoin as the coming of Christ or this divine thing. But I think it goes back to that Kelly quote, the only reason that we that think we so think much so about much money, money because, because we want to blame, blame someone, someone and we want to point finger, finger oh it's the other side or it's this, this. Yeah. And, it's and it's not it's, it's the, the money. money it's like, it's like uh, uh, i heard a, a great um, um, luke roman quote he's like the last thing a fish notices is the water it's in whereas like the last thing we think about in the economy is is the money itself but that is what is so fundamentally broken and if it's, it's ironic that Bitcoin, Bitcoin is money in a sense, sense. But if Bitcoin, Bitcoon can Bitcoon fix the money, then we can stop constantly, constantly thinking about money. money. We, can we can stop, stop having, having to treat our savings as our investment account. Those are different things, and they're just completely obscured in a fiat world. And I'm a big fan of civil society myself, and I think one thing that's very important for anyone that wants to experiment is I've tripped in the city and I've tripped in nature. Go to nature. Please go to nature and be still. Be still. You know, there's like two phases, right? Like you're gonna have this trip for like maybe an hour and a half if you're lucky, two hours, and then you're gonna have the phase two where it is you are just going to enjoy the environment that's around you. You're gonna have, yeah. Start small too, right? Like start small see how your body (laughs) reacts take you know take maybe half of a gram the first time you do it then maybe level up to like two two and a half and then if you want to do the hero's dose at five five and a half grams whatever you know be smart do it with somebody you know somebody that understands this kind of stuff don't be that guy that goes out into the woods like i did for your first time like take that i'm not saying take seven and a half grams that's not for most people um but yeah you're 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 exactly right be be in nature uh, where you can be still and give it the respect it needs. I'll tell you what's really cool about that is for me, like I live up here in, uh, in Cherokee County, which is aptly named because of the Cherokee Indians and, and the prehistoric civilization that was here before them. And what we've discovered out here, you know, in, in the woods and on the mountains and everything, oh, it would blow your mind. Like I'm trying to get Graham Hancock out here, blow your mind kind of stuff. So like, you, you get a real sense for 
the people that have come before you to give you the opportunity to be here now. And that's something that's really interesting, especially if you can like take your homeschool kids and explain, Hey guys, listen, you know, all these things that they tell you are like terrible, like cannabis and psilocybin. They're just, they're just nature, right? They're tools. And if you abuse them, like any other tool, it's going to come back and, you know, it's going to hurt you. But if you use it in the right way, you can honor not only, you know, yourself and your family, but you can honor the uh, the people that came before you in this world, which is actually pretty damn cool. Man, that's such a good point. It makes me think what you said about fear earlier. And it's like when people are scared, they're not thinking critically. And I don't know why. I just thought back when I was a little kid, like, it was always like, oh, drugs are the worst thing. And I remember thinking to myself as a little kid, like, promise yourself, yourself calling you'll, you'll never, never ever do drugs, drugs you're going to be a bad, bad person. person and in hindsight it's like, like oh my god how indoctrinated could you get <laughs> but, yeah, but to your point, point it's, it's everything, everything in moderation and yes, yes you, can you can have a have horrible trip if you abuse it whether it be marijuana or psilocybin or but if you treat those things with respect and you use them effectively they can be like a mind change your life yeah yeah Change your life in ways you can't even imagine. Kill that ego real quick. Start to look at people with empathy instead of, you know, this consternation. Like, well, man, they're trying to eat my slice of the pie or, you know, whatever. No, man. Like, hey, this human species, I don't know exactly what our purpose is, but I imagine it's to get off this rock someday and be, you know, a human species somewhere else. Um, Like, that we should be trying to make sure that everybody's passion is understood. And if somebody's got you know, something that's going wrong with them, say they're obese or, you know, they've got some type of addiction problem or something like that, we should be doing anything in in our power to be like, hey, man, you cool? Can I help you with anything? Like, can I lift you up instead of tearing you down? And it changes the way you interact with other people. And in in that sense, it's so much like Bitcoin that they just, they go hand in hand together. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, it's just it's more just love, love in the world. In the world. Yep. You know, you know, I, 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 I was raised in a Catholic, Catholic household, household, and uh, uh, at this at point, point, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not an atheist, atheist but, but <laughs> I, 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 I've always, I've always you, know, you know, it was like, like so force fed down my throat that I was kind of like, I don't know if this is for me. And now going on the different route, I'm like, you know what? Let me let me verify for myself. So started reading the Bible and just trying to. Figure, figure, figure this thing out for myself, and obviously, obviously I'm, I'm far from finding out any answers. But, but, but it's, it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing, thing just reading it and, and talking with others, and, and it seems like it just keeps coming back to spreading more love. And obviously there's a time when you need to defend yourself and you know not put up with BS, but at the end of the day, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. And just I think one of the most powerful things about psilocybin is you just kind of have the realization you have no idea what someone else is going through. And, and uh, uh, you, you, should, you should, in most in cases, most give people, people the benefit of the doubt unless you think your life is in danger or, you know, being aggressive, always try and treat people with as much love as possible. I 100% agree, man. And I, I was definitely one of those people a long time ago, like, you know, 2003, 2004, that um, if you were off mission for whatever reason, right, like, I, you were a liability. Um, you know, like, kind of full circle here is, like, when you become a liability of the state, um, thing, things are bad. Like when you become a liability to your fellow human being, things are bad. Um, but it's not that there are liabilities that are lost. You know, well, I should say there, it's not that there are liabilities that are totally lost. It's that they are. They may have some issues um, 
that are you know fundamental but at the same time are redeemable and i think that is i think you know if, if you get into the message of christ which don't get me wrong like the message of christ is really good um and the redeemable human spirit and the redeemable human being um that understands that they're not perfect and that other people aren't perfect like that's something that is i think something that just oozes and bleeds passion out of the bitcoin community and the psilocybin community um and, and you know just, like i said they're made for each other no they, no, are. they are it's like, like you love, you love people, people more after taking psilocybin because, because you, accept you accept your imperfect, your imperfect self. self. You realize that, that you have flaws, and, and uh, it's, it's not that you, you don't carry yourself in a, a correct way, way but, like, but like you kind of let 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 go of that, that ego that's like, oh, I'm better than this person. Or, yeah. You know, you example, like this person's off mission, just an idiot. You know, it's like you know, I don't know what that person's going through that day. Just it helps just bring usher in such a beautiful perspective and a more loving one. No wonder it's outlawed because I think if more people did it, they'd be like, why the fuck am I yelling at someone on the other side when it's these kleptocrats in charge of the money who are messing everything up and then telling me to point at the other side that that's the problem, not them. There's a, there's a great book out there. I think it's The Immortality Key by Brian Morassic. He was on Rogan at some point, and it's a fantastic read. But kind of the juxtaposition of the, the entire thing was like this kind of stuff, the, the psychedelics, these were, this was the glue that, that this is literally what they said. This is the glue of humanity, you know? And so when we understand that, huh, maybe if this was a more common practice within our cultures and our societies, not only here, but around the world, we'd actually be a much more understanding, a much more patient, a much more, you know, charitable type of society than you know what we're doing now we're trying to like spend every damn dollar for us because what are we going to get out of it if we don't spend it for us and that's that's kind of you know the the i guess the writing on the wall in terms of those two kinds of different cultures yeah yeah absolutely absolutely Shane, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast the last thing i want to ask you is uh what excites what you excites most you about, the, about next the next 10 years? 10 years you know, I think, I think it's, it's hard, hard to even imagine, imagine what can what come can with Bitcoin with exponential growth and, and the fact that, fact that it's being adopted quicker than the internet. internet. But, but, in but in the, the next, next 10 years, let's end with a nice white belt for everyone. What excites you the most? So being a homesteader, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm here for freedom. And to be those people that, are coming into this and to help other people, you know, come and, and try out this independence, right? I always tell people independence is a verb. Like you have to do it. You have to be those people that can grow your own food, that can supply your own water, you know, possibly your own energy for that matter. Um, and to help people understand that it's not impossible. It's, you know, it's a scale thing. It's a, it's, you know, are you moving towards it or are you moving away from it kind of deal? Uh, to be possibly homesteading here in the very near future with a community of people that are learning homesteading and learning to be independent. I mean, that's the freedom that I'm looking forward to. The freedom, you know, of being able to watch your money uh, appreciate over time rather than dwindle. The ability to be charitable, the ability to be um, more of a, a teacher, obviously I'm getting older. So it's like, you know, 
I've got to kind of accept like, hey, man, you're, you're not that young guy anymore that doesn't know anything. Like you need to start giving out some life lessons because you've done some things. So I think that's probably uh, the coolest thing to watch and, you know, for my kids uh, not to grow up in the system and become young adults without its influence on their young adult lives the freedom that they're gonna possibly see man i oh, we're gonna live very vicariously through them for sure <laughs> it's, it's so, so beautiful. beautiful you know and i talked about, about the fiat islands and i think uh, uh, one, one of the one biggest things from it is doing, doing these jobs where you're just staring at a computer all day, all day. Unless, unless you like genuinely, genuinely like coding up something you're just filling out spreadsheets or just, just doing, doing some, some BS, BS mundane, mundane job, job that you that know doesn't, doesn't actually provide any value for the, for the world. It's, it's like a sinking hole. It's a sinking pit in your chest. chest. First, First, if, if you, you start, start becoming sovereign, sovereign and you start doing, doing things that excite you, you it's, it's empowering, empowering to, yeah. you know, whether, whether it's, it's like, like raising chickens or figuring out how to supply energy to your house or figuring out how to catch water from the rain and, you know, uh, purify uh, it like, like when you, you do, do something, something like that, that and obviously, obviously i'm with you on the youtube, YouTube censorship stuff, stuff. Mm -hmm. but the, but the fact, fact that you can go, go on youtube or any of these other, any platforms, these other platforms, platforms and learn almost, almost any skill nowadays and then actually, and then actually apply, apply it and do it in your life, life there's, there's nothing, nothing more empowering and i can't wait with my own children too to watch them grow up and in your message of just being able to focus on and like having your wife do that and I, I think, think it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, thing, and I, I, I think, think the fact that we have Bitcoin, Bitcoin now, I can confidently put my savings into this and know that in the future it's going to be worth more. It, it excites me in ways that you know, I, can't, uh, I can't even articulate accurately. Real freedom. I mean, like literally, all the stuff that we are told about, but now for real. Man, Connor, it's been fun hanging out with you, man, and I uh, really appreciate the time and the platform. It's, it's always a gift when anybody... Uh, we'll give you, you know, their platform to come on and hang out. So thank you. Very humbled and uh, really appreciate all the, the good work you're doing out there, man. Oh, my, my pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time, time to come, come on. on. Yep. Thanks so much.